Hi, I'm Satvik Trinivas, and this is Arna Verstoki. And together, we are co-hosts of the Backfield Rift. Thank you for tuning in. In this episode, we'll be recapping week five and looking ahead to week six of the NFL season. Before we begin, we would like to wish Dak Prescott a speedy recovery after the devastating injury he suffered on Sunday. With that being said, let's get right into it. Offense, offense, and more offense. That has really been what has dictated the NFL for the first five weeks. And I mean, week five was a perfect example. I mean, nearly half of the teams in the league that played on week five scored above 27 points. 27 points. The offense is just out of this world this season. We have nearly four quarterbacks who are on pace to score or throw for more than 40 touchdowns. I mean, you look at a Giants team against the Cowboys, a Giants team that had only scored three touchdowns coming into this week, put four touchdowns on the Cowboys. And, and though the Cowboys' defense is weak, that is very unusual for a team to do. You don't outscore yourself in one game comparative to the rest of the weeks and how you perform. I mean, we had a Dolphins team put up a 40-burger on a solid 49ers defense. And although, you know, they have the injuries to Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, they still have a good defense with some depth. I mean, we even saw the Browns, who are 4-1, and one, because of how they've been playing on offense. They've been putting up 30 points nearly every week. And this one against the Colts could have gone for 50 if they capitalized on every opportunity the Colts gave them. I mean, when we look at last night, the score might be a bit deceiving, but the Titans were on fire offensively. It was touchdown after touchdown, drive after drive. They were putting points on the board. So what, what do you think about this offensive-dominated league that we're seeing this year? Yeah, definitely. This is what the league is right now. You know, you look at these historic numbers, and really this is what the league has been trending towards in the past few years, and especially now with all these quarterbacks, all these offensive playmakers all over the field. And it's really exciting football, but – at the same time, it, it's really – it comes down to execution, and these offenses are executing at such a high level. And, I, I mean, you just look everywhere. Mahomes, Russell Wilson, um, Josh Allen, the Browns, all of these teams are doing – they just have so much talent on these rosters, and they're able to put points up. But with that said, I look at – a game like the Raiders and the Chiefs, right? The Raiders won that game 40 to 32. And at halftime, it was 24-24. But if you really look at that game, at least in my opinion, in the first half, the Raiders were getting into a shootout with the Chiefs. And I know you could make the argument that the Raiders are built with having a guy like Henry Ruggs to take the top over the defense, having Darren Waller to make big plays. But I don't think any team can consistently compete with a team like Kansas City in a shootout. But that's where you got to give credit to the Raiders and the coaching staff and John Gruden. In that second half, 
they ran the ball and they dominated time of possession and really flipping the script there a little bit in the second half, despite the emphasis that has surrounded the offense, it's, it's not just the numbers of, you know, the big plays down the field. It's also smart offensive football and execution. And the Raiders were able to do that on Sunday and the Chiefs weren't. There are too many mistakes that were made and the Raiders took advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It is execution. Like when you are executing perfectly in this league, I think any offense on any given day has the opportunity to explode because even the best of the best defenses, if they look away for a split second from that receiver, quarterback can sling it for a 40, 50 yard game. I mean, it, it comes down to execution and the Raiders executed perfectly against the Chiefs and the Chiefs realized that when they make mistakes offensively, they're not going to perform as well. And I just want to touch on a key thing that you talked about running and time of possession. The running game has become key in this league. When you are late in a game, you need to run the ball. Just keep on running the ball. Just run it down their throat. And I think that's something that is really taken over in this league. There are so many good running backs, which are so hard to stop. Look at the Panthers and Christian McCaffrey. After Christian McCaffrey got hurt, a lot of people were saying, what's going to happen? With Teddy Bridgewater, a quarterback who needs a strong running game and needs a bunch of weapons. Well, insert Mike Davis, a, a guy who has taken on the Christian McCaffrey workload and just week after week, excellently run the ball, caught it out the backfield, scored touchdowns, and got it done. And I think the evolution of running backs really taking over this game, especially this season, I mean, it's incredible. You look at the Browns, for instance, a team that lost Nick Chubb. They have two running backs behind him, Kareem Hunt and De'Ernest Johnson, who can run it down your throat and ice the game any given week. The Saints and Alvin Kamara, the Bills, with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, the Titans with Derrick Henry, Seahawks with Chris Carson and even Russell Wilson, the Cowboys with Zeke. I mean, we, we could go on and on. And I think as much as we have guys like Henry Ruggs who can take the top off, with even with uh, the Chiefs and, and Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, the running game that has evolved this year is why we're seeing so many offensive games. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. And looking at a guy like what, what a guy like Mike Davis and what he's been able to do in replacement of Christian McCaffrey, I think that just goes to show that all these players in the NFL are so talented and at every single position, these are the best of the best football players in the world. And that's why when you look at a team that's really dealing with injuries, to me, injuries are obstacles, but they're not excuses. And hats off to the Carolina Panthers and their coaching staff that have been able to put their players in positions to succeed despite the injuries. Yeah. And I mean, you, we can look at your Eagles as well. I mean, 
that game against the Steelers, I mean, they were outmatched on pretty much every position. Uh, defensively, in terms of the Steelers' pass rushers, um, their cornerbacks and safeties, in terms of the Eagles, they don't have the best receivers. Um, and you look at what Carson Wentz was able to do. He put his guys in position. Travis Fulgham, practice squad guy, 10 catches, 150 yards, 152 yards and a touchdown. Um, and, and then you look at Miles Sanders. Excellent, excellent. I mean, a 74-yard touchdown run, I believe. Just excellent, excellent running. Obviously, the, the Steelers, you know, won the game. Some of the weaknesses showed up in the Eagles. But still, that game was an excellent, excellent offensive performance from both sides. Chase Claypool, a rookie, scoring four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. And I mean, this could have been a, easily been an Eagles win if they were able to get a score uh, at halftime. Uh, if the clock didn't stop running out, because Carson Wentz made a beautiful throw down the right sideline and they were in position to score if the time didn't run out. And so, and you, you talk about these injuries and the coaching staff and, you know, injuries aren't an obstacle uh, I mean, they are an obstacle, but they aren't an excuse. Look at what the Eagles have done. There are guys stepping up, practice squad, t- Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward Jr., and Miles Sand. You have everyone just stepping up, and, and that's why the Eagles have gone from Washington week one, where they did not perform well, and they have just come out of this dismal offensive play and really showed you why this league is an offensive league when guys can step up when guys can play that's what happens and on this topic of an injury um with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys you know Dak goes down it's it's a terrible injury but Andy Dalton is a capable quarterback you know he's gonna step up and he can distribute to the ball given that he has three number one receivers, a good tight end, and a top five running back. I mean, Andy Dalton's going to be able to fit right into this Cowboys offense. And yes, Dak Prescott's injury is an obstacle, but it isn't an excuse for this team to say, oh, we weren't able to perform this year. Andy Dalton is a capable quarterback, and he's going to show you that the Cowboys are built offensively. Yeah, 100%. And the, the Cowboys, they have the weapons to make it work with Dalton. It's really going to be interesting. I, I'm not going to say that just because Dak went down, the Eagles, all of a sudden, they have a monopoly on this division. And even now, the, the Cowboys are still in first place. So I think it will be an interesting finish to the division. But while we're talking about all of these offensive playmakers, the quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, I think we're really, we would be doing a disservice if we didn't shout out these offensive lines all across the league. When you see these offenses putting points up, that starts with the offensive line up front. And I think the narrative has sort of been in the past few years, you know, all these elite, elite pass rushers that are getting paid and are causing havoc against other quarterbacks. But the, the uh, it's sort of, you know, the narrative has been that, you know, offensive lines are sort of regressing and, you know, they're not getting as much, you know, practice time for blocking and that sort of thing. But really, it, this season, at least, 
so far, the offensive lines have looked tremendous. As an Eagles fan, after that first week when it was horrendous, I think what really changed was, at least for the Eagles, it was the play calling and Doug Peterson, you know, acknowledging what his offensive line is capable of doing. And I think despite the, the pass rushers and defensive playmakers that are on the field, I think it really it's, – it's not just the offense that has all these talented pieces. It's the defense too. And what really determines who is going to win those matchups is the coaching. And I think these defensive coordinators now, you know, in the first five weeks now of the season, it's been offense, offense, offense. But, you know, late in the season, all these defensive coordinators, they're going to have, they're going to be game planning. And I know offense puts up those points. Offense sells, sells tickets. Offense is what is dominating the league right now. But at the end of the day, defense is what wins championships. And all of these offenses are going to be high flying, but there's going to be a handful. We saw it last year with Kansas City. Kansas City was was, you know, perennially an offensive team with Andy Reid, but they didn't get to that championship until that defense stepped up. So really my question here is, even though we've been talking about all of these offenses, I think it's up to the defense, a defense to, you know, step up. And that's what's really going to elevate a team from just being explosive to being successful and winning big time games. Yeah, I mean... Look, this this just record, this record scoring that we've seen through five weeks, it, it, it can't persist, you know? We, every game cannot be a shootout. Defenses are going to have to step their game up. And uh, you look at the season that guys like uh, Cameron Jordan, Demarcus Lawrence are having, they're not good seasons. And, and yes, it is partially because of offensive line play, great offensive line play this year. But these defenses have just been sleeping on some plays. I mean, personally, as a Saints fan, I mean, I have been seeing just sloppy, sloppy games, miscommunications on every play. And this is the case with a lot of teams, the Cowboys, the Browns, the Vikings, the 49ers, even your Eagles, that Chiefs Raiders game not very good defensive plays made in that game outside of maybe those two interceptions, which were errant throws in my opinion, more than good interceptions and good plays by the defense. So the next half of the season or until the playoffs, in my opinion, the teams that are really going to shine are the ones that can play comp- complementary football. The ones that can play good defense. The bend but do not break type of teams. And those are the teams that are really going to shine here. Okay, so now taking a look at week six. So we have this early afternoon game, Baltimore at Philadelphia. And I want the Eagles to win this game so badly. But I really think it's going to come down to what the Eagles defense is going to be able to do. They weren't they weren't there in key moments against Pittsburgh. That they have to stop this Baltimore running game and they have to make it hard on Lamar Jackson. If they let him go down the field easy, this game's going to be over fast. Look, I mean I, th- this just goes to the 
teams that play complementary football, the bend but do not break teams. And the Eagles offense has woken up, and I really liked what I saw last week. And they they might have a breakout game against the Ravens, but based on what I saw last week, they were just unable to contain Chase Claypool, even though everyone in the stadium knew that the ball was going to him. They were still unable to stop it. And look, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep contain on Lamar Jackson. I'm going to have to go with the Ravens here. Speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. And that's that's going to be a really... I, I never thought I would see the day where a Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers game would actually be a meaningful game. I never thought I'd see the day. Yeah, we're, we're finally here. We're, we're there. And I, I don't know. I, I, if I have to pick a team here, I'm going to have to go with Pittsburgh because that defense is going to keep Baker in check. Pittsburgh's going to put up points. And, you know, Cleveland's not going to get the breaks they got against Indy with Phillip Rivers making some tur- turning the ball over. I don't think they're going to get that against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh plays clean football. And, yeah, I really think the, the, the Browns aren't going to have a lot of room for error. And I think the Steelers are going to take this one. And I think I, I 100% agree with you here. And I think really what we saw over the last couple of weeks where this Browns offense has just really taken over was – A, they were put in prime positions to score, and B, Baker was able to get outside of the pocket and make plays, you know, throwing on the run, making precise throws that way. With the swarming Steelers defense, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to let Baker just sit back in the pocket or even let him, you know, get escape the pocket and run. Because the Steelers play great contained defense. So I'm going to have to go with the Steelers here because I don't see Baker Mayfield taking a five-step drop back, staying strong in the pocket, and throwing a clean strike to OBJ or Jarvis. I just don't see it happening. As you said, Steelers play clean football offensively. This one's going to be a Steelers W, in my opinion. Packers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this, this really... I think this this is really a test of what are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have to bounce back this week, and they're 100% good enough to win this game. They have they have the talent, but they can't make mistakes. That's really what it is. They, the Buccaneers have been holding themselves back. Yeah, I mean, I think the the connotations and the real storyline here in this game is gonna everyone's gonna say is. Brady versus Rodgers. That, that's going to be the real big storyline that everyone is going to talk about. But it, I don't think it's actually going to be about the quarterback play. I think it's going to be about how the team around the quarterback plays. Uh, both of these teams know that they have two all-world guys. But can the receivers make the catches for the Packers? Can that defense step up in key moments for the Buccaneers? Can that offensive line protect Tom Brady reliably? And can the Packers edge rushers get to the quarterback? And I think these are the key questions that the teams are going to have to answer. And so as much as, you know, we're going to see, uh, you know, Brady and Rodgers, it's, it's really about the teams here. And this is a tough game to pick, but I'm just going to have to go with the Buccaneers to rebound 
off that Bears loss and beat the Packers. They're, they're at home. I think Brady has all of his guys ready after, you know, the discombobulation that happened offensively against the Bears. Uh, this is a rebound game for the Buccaneers, and I think they take it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's almost impossible to pick this game for me, really. But the Bucks at home, it's, it's really compelling to take them. But the, the Packers have been the more consistent team, at least this season so far. It, it's gonna, it has potential to be really, at least the, for me, at least, I don't think we've really seen a Rodgers-Brady game really live up to the hype. And I think this might be really one of those Rodgers-Brady games that can, it really is going to live up to the hype. Yeah, it, it's tough. And another tough game that's going to be really hard to pick. Uh, Bill's Chiefs, uh, Monday night. And, I mean, battle of these two AFC powerhouses. The Bills coming off a very tough loss, a very tough loss at Tennessee. You know, the Bills just really, in my opinion, need to work defensively on those communications and really get the strength of their team back. And I think it's a perfect test against a Chiefs offense, which needs to get back in track after having, yes, a down day for a Chiefs offense. 32 points. I know any other team in the NFL would take it, but that is disappointing for the Chiefs. Both of these teams coming off L's, and you look at Buffalo – you know, the score is tells a different story from what I really think happened, but what it really boils, that boils down to for the Bills were the ton of mistakes that held them back, and they can't, they can't do that against Kansas City. Kansas City will eat them alive. Tennessee scored, what, 42, I believe? Kansas City will score like 62 if they make those kind of mistakes, and I think that's what it's really going to come down to. Which team can play cleaner football? Because both Kansas City and Buffalo – they lost last week before because they made mistakes. They turned the ball over. So it's really going to come down to what team plays cleaner football, in my opinion. Again, it's a really hard game to pick. Kansas City is a safe pick, but I could 100% see Buffalo winning this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Buffalo here, actually. Um, I, I, I think the, the offensive woes continue for the Chiefs. Look, this Bills, this Bills team does not like to give you chunk plays down the field and they will not give you them and i i think look sean mcdermott is an excellent coach and i know that he is going to practice the living hell out of his players to clean up on those mistakes i think the bills really get back to their stronghold here they get back to playing great defense i think the raiders laid out an excellent plan for how to beat the chiefs though they didn't execute it to perfection i think the bills execute it to perfection um and the chiefs offensive woes continue i see the bills winning here at home and then we also have another monday night game in the cardinals cowboys which is also set to be a great send-off for what is going to be an excellent week of football what do you think about this game yeah, so definitely, this has this is going to be an interesting game. But to me, this is a must-win game for the Cardinals. They have to get going here. And on the national stage, I think the Cardinals are going to go out, and they, they have to prove themselves in this game. Look, the Cardinals are the more complete team here. And I think 
given the Cowboys do have a great offense, given that Andy Dalton is still a really good quarterback. Um, look, I just think with the defensive woes that the Cowboys have had and the fact that they have to get adjusted to a new quarterback, given the Cardinals' talent on both sides of the ball, I think Monday night you got to go out on a national stage and say we have arrived and we are a problem for the NFL. With that being said, thank you for listening to the 15th episode of the Backfield Rift. Be sure to tune in for our next episode where we'll recap week six of the NFL season and look ahead to week seven. Until then, it's been Arnav Rostogi and Satvich Stay safe and take care.